Impressive win for Perloff's Birds last night, taking down Miami. Two-score game, Miami's offense, not the uh, revolutionary unit that we were kind of accustomed to seeing, and Miami not really able to beat a good team, a quote-unquote good team heading into Sunday. Their five wins were against teams whose records were combined 5-24. and 24. Good morning, Perloff. You have to be feeling good today. I do feel good, but how can you play Miami for any of that? They're on the road against the Eagles and their Kelly Green. I don't care if you had the 85 Bears. No one's winning in that game. That <laughs> I is love not the a shade good... of uniform. Is yeah, definitely the key. Oh, the Kelly Green. If they wore that, they would be 17 and 0. Miami was at a tough spot last night. They were down all over the field. Waddle. When Waddle got hurt, I was like, oh boy, the Eagles are in a good spot. But that being said, there's a reason the Eagles are unbeatable in a situation like that. The tush push. They have it's first and eight. Basically, yeah. it's like they could just tush push down the field. I'm starting to think, what if they just run it on first down? It is really a cheat code in the NFL, and it's the key to their entire offense. There's Now it's very clear. It was a critical down in the game where there was a fourth down call, and it was like a yard and a little bit. It was like a very long yard. Yeah. And at first, you thought they were throw, they were running out the field goal kicking. No, the punt team. And then they called timeout. Deep in their own territory. It was 28-yard line. Call the timeout, and all of a sudden, here comes – the tush push play, and it was a yard extra, and they still got it comfortably. They Easily. ended up playing, running it again on that same drive, and that was kind of the drive that changed things in the game. Yeah, they they were four for four on the tush push last night. They had one where they got it easily, but the officials mistakenly called offsides on the Eagles. It was offsides on the Dolphins. Now I saw there was a little bit yesterday. You know, a bunch of teams are trying this. Yes, the officials are really on top of it. Offside, the NFL wants to get rid of it. They think it's ugly. They think it's embarrassing. They think guys it's get cheating. hurt. Guys, guys could get hurt. I mean, the Giants getting hurt. Like competent players are not going to get hurt. I think but, someone on the Bears may have gotten hurt yesterday. Uh, the Raiders, part of me. Whatever. It's, yeah. So, I mean, obviously the Eagles haven't gotten hurt. I think the NFL hates it and they're trying to get rid of it, but they can't do anything. You saw last night Nick Sirianni basically said to the official, I'm sorry, I, I know it's unstoppable. There's nothing you can do to stop this. And it is a reason that the Eagles fans are so excited right now. Like, this is this is enough to get them over the hump. I know that sounds so stupid. Fourth and one play, but think about how critical short yardage is in the NFL, and they haven't mastered. What's crazy about it is most teams, when you're a fan of them, yeah and your team's going for it on fourth down, it's like nervous. You're nervous about it. Even if it's fourth and one or fourth and two, you're very nervous about what's going to happen. Are my center and quarterback going to fumble the exchange? Is someone going to drop a ball or whatever? There's no nervousness when it comes to the Eagles. It's taken all the drama off of these short yardage plays. It works all the time. And I guess now the question is after what we saw yesterday, I know San Francisco is going to play tonight against the Vikings. They're favored in that game, but are we looking at a Super Bowl rematch here with the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs? The Chiefs dominant again yesterday, beat the Chargers. That's nothing new. Those teams usually play each a little closer, but the Chiefs look like a juggernaut in the AFC, and obviously the Eagles found a very uh, dominant win last night. Yeah, I, I think that game actually was a little closer. The Chargers were about to tie it, and they charged it away that fourth quarter. But right now, I think the rest of the NFL is waiting for an injury with Kansas City, that's your only chance. I think it, it is done, done. As long as Mahomes is on that field, Kansas City is so far and Kelsey. Ahead, so far ahead of the rest. Of, I don't even think they need Kelsey. I think it's all Mahomes and that defense now. Best defense that they've had by a mile in the Mahomes era. So I think Kansas City has somehow made the distance even greater between them and the competition. So you need an injury. Otherwise, they're in. Now, the Eagles, I do think, are the favorite because San Francisco... 
look, there's no McCaffrey, there's yeah. no Debo. You go down and down. We've seen this so many times. The same story with them. And the Eagles have the tush push. So I, I feel pretty confident we're going to see Philly and Kansas City again. And I hope it's different than last year. I mean, listen, okay, maybe I'm uh, counting my chickens before the eggs have hatched here. But That's I okay. do it's feel like seven. right let's now. Call, let's call your shot with a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just thinking about yeah, A little early. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe not so for the Chiefs. But if you're asking me if I would take... Kansas City or the field in the AFC, or if I would take the Eagles of the field in the AF in the NFC, yeah. I'd have to take the field in both. First of all, for the Chiefs, yes, they look very good. Yesterday, they've looked good all season. The defense, it's like it's like oh end God. of the season form for the usually the Chiefs defense kind of comes on at the end of the season. But I'm looking at all those teams in the AFC North, like the Ravens winning convincingly yesterday. Look at the it might not have been convincing, but the Browns actually have a great defense. The Steelers have a great defense. And who doesn't expect Cincinnati's defense to be there by the end of the season? So I can't just all of a sudden pencil in and say, oh, the Chiefs are back when they might have to face one of these really tough defenses in the playoffs. In what universe is Kenny Pickett going into Kansas City? <laughs> I don't and know. And Matt Canada, offensive coordinator. Well, the number of things that would then. need to happen for the Steelers to win against Kansas City, Cleveland's even worse. Cleveland's offense is a disaster. Basically, if you keep Miles Garrett off the quarterback, you're going to beat Cleveland. Well, there's a Cincinnati big reason for that. Deshaun Watson only threw the ball five times yesterday before he left the game. I, Deshaun Watson is not scaring me right now. It doesn't seem like he can get his health straight. I, I don't see who's the biggest competition. I, I think it's going to come out of the AFC East, not the at AFC North. Oh, the Ravens. The Ravens, the Ravens are good. But you did see. Yesterday. Yeah, but playoffs, you know, show me in the playoffs. So. Lamar has won the MVP and not won a playoff game in the same year. They they still have something to prove to me. I, I feel like it's Kansas City if they get the number one. And listen, with Chris Jones playing, Chris Jones might be the the, the he, you know he might be the secret second MVP of that team. They're unbeaten since he got back. Yep. And they they've looked unstoppable. Then a Menahue yesterday. They have four or five Pro Bowlers on defense, and we think of them still as an offensive team. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So you got convincing wins yesterday from the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. You got a convincing win from the Eagles last night. Is this all shaping up to a rematch and a collision course for the Eagles and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? Again, I think a little early for that. I, yeah. would, bo- I would take both the field in both the NFC and the AFC. Um, there is a question, though, about... The Dolphins. I mean, I think the Eagles, we we know who you are, right? We know who the Eagles yeah. are. Even though Jalen Hurts had two more turnovers last night, he continues to turn the ball over. Uh, there was a you know pick six that happened last night that led to one of the Dolphins' touchdowns, and it was almost like a karma pick six yeah. because the play before should have obviously been flagged because the Eagles defender got some of the face mask of the wide receiver, but they didn't call it, so... Eagles are forced, uh, excuse me, Dolphins are forced to punt it away. And the next play, Jalen Hurts throws a pick six. It was almost like the football gods were like, no, 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 refs. You have to call a face mask. It was egregious miss by the officials. Oh, totally. But, okay, there were two early turnovers. I mean, it was, I think it was an MVP game from Hurts. I mean, there were so many times he slipped out of tackles made huge plays. Uh, A.J. Brown has really taken the next step. He's Do you remember the, the, the night that they traded for him on the draft? You and I were in Las Vegas, and you were like, how could they do this? You were so upset that the Eagles would trade for yeah, A.J. Brown and I pay him wrong. because you thought that uh, wide receiver was the new running back, and you could find any of them. I, I thought of that yesterday when yeah. I was watching A.J. Brown torch the Dolphins. That being said, too, I think if Hurts is playing like that, like 
AJ Brown is great, but honestly, like Hertz made two of those gigantic plays. Uh, and he was pretty, except for the two turnovers early. I mean, he was almost perfect last night and he had to gut it out with the injury and had the key running first down. So let's pause on the yeah, injury for a yeah. second, because this was a little strange. You didn't really hear much no. about it on the broadcast. So this was a little weird and you could, I think, be forgiven if you were a little mi- like mystified about why coming back from halftime, all of a sudden Jalen Hurts is like wearing a brace on his knee and was a little bit late coming out of the tunnel to the point where Marcus Mariota was actually warming up and taking some practice throws. It wasn't really played up on the broadcast and Hurts looked pretty good in the second half, so we have no idea how serious is this knee injury. Well, you saw a couple things. In the first half, he had he was one-on-one on the edge with a linebacker, and he just sat on his butt. He's like, I, like a four-year-old who was having a temper tantrum. He's like, I'm not going to run here. <laughs> and then he had a six-yard scramble, and he, he limped to the sideline. All of a sudden, my phone starts blowing up. All my friends are like, what the heck is going on? When did, when did Jalen Hurts have a limp? Yeah. Uh, so then he came out with a knee brace. I still haven't seen a full explanation of what's going on. Uh, and actually, I, <laughs> first thing I looked up this morning, you know what? He got it out, though. He did. He he found a way to have like a 20-yard run that kept the drive yeah. alive. And he was so accurate the rest of the game. I think he only had a, he only had a few incompletions. He was, And the incompletions are mostly drops. He's been on fire. So I, I'm not worried about that. Kind of like Mahomes last year. He was hurt all playoffs, and he still tore everybody apart. Hurts did that last night. I mean... Uh, he was nearly perfect in the second half. So I'm not too worried about this. Should I be? I have no idea. I, I have <laughs> no idea if this is going to end up being a big deal because what's different about Mahomes' injury is it was at the end of the season where you're just like, got to focus, just got to get through these games, play the Super Bowl. You know, this is week seven. We still have months and months of the season left. Yeah, but I look at Joe Burrow, who is limping around in week two, and by week five, he's running 85 miles an hour. So... Maybe you could look at it as a positive. Oh, he has time to let this heal, whatever it is. I mean, Hertz also got injured last year and missed some games. So Yeah, and it worked out. Yeah, it, was, it ended up being fine. Uh, um, I did. Last night, I was thinking about Marcus Mariota. I'm like, wow, I wish the Eagles had Gardner Minshew as their backup like last year because I do feel the Hertz is so physical, the tush push and everything. Like, you are making yourself vulnerable to get your quarterback nicked up. Yeah, definitely. So... I, I think this is a thing with mobile quarterbacks. Uh, I'm still pretty confident that they, they have a big system going here in Philly. They got a great run game now with DeAndre Swift. They have a great defense. Jalen Hurts has weapons everywhere. A.J. Brown helps him. So I don't think you need 100% Jalen Hurts. Man, am I half full right now? This is unbelievable. I, I, I mean, you generally want your quarterback to be 100% or as close to it as possible. The fact that he's wearing a knee brace and it's week seven might be cause for concern, but we have to wait and see on the actual diagnosis. On the flip side, though, for the Dolphins, what told the story to me for the Dolphins last night was not just injuries where they end up losing three offensive linemen. Uh, basically, Teron Armstead, their left tackle, didn't even play. They end up losing Isaiah Wynn, who's not that good anyway, but they end up losing him. They were with a backup center last night as well. So you got injuries on one side. We already mentioned Jalen Waddle got banged up. But then 10 penalties. I mean, gee. To the, the flip side, the Eagles were basically playing this, like, almost flawless game from a penalty standpoint. And a couple of them were absolute crap. I mean, Christian Wilkins gets called for a roughing the passer. I kid you not, whenever they play flag football at the 2028 Olympics, like this wouldn't even get called in a flag football game, let alone an NFL (laughs) game. He basically two-hand pushed Jalen Hurts 
boom, 15 yards. Total embarrassment. However, is, it, is it sad to see the uh, your co-host team dominate somebody and now you have to start complaining about a, a ref call? No, I'm complaining on behalf of NFL fans everywhere. And and listen, I don't think these calls would have saved the Dolphins. They were, they were probably losing that game. But that was a terrible, that course, was an awful Yeah, we call. all know those roughing the bet. But on the flip side... Can you imagine, like, if we had backup quarterbacks around the league? You saw Deshaun Watson's head bounce off the turf in a terrible way, yeah. and somehow we cleared concussion protocol. Like, would you rather go the other way and watch guys like Tyson Bajan going against Brian Hoyer every week? So I understand We're why they're getting protecting that anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, they got it. They got to protect these guys. I understand erring towards the side of caution. That was a terrible call, I admit. But generally, the Dolphins were lining up offsides almost every play. I don't, and they had to call it. Like, you can't not call that. Uh, the other thing, too, is the Dolphins, I don't think the Dolphins, I think they threw that game away. Like, they, they have injuries. I'm sure they rested guys. They're like, well, we're on the road. It's out of conference. We're not going to put all our resources into this game. Because Jalen Ramsey's coming back. That's going to be a huge and addition. Howard. And Waddle will get healthier. This is not a fully formed Dolphins team. So I, I, I'm not super worried about them. I actually come away and say, well, listen, if two is healthy, they're very, very good offense. I think their defense is going to get better. And Jalen Phillips came back. You saw what a difference he makes. There are reasons to be optimistic about the Dolphins. It's not a bad loss in my mind at all. Yeah, but when your five wins are coming against teams that don't have winning records, I think it's fair to say, okay, how are you when the competition gets stiffer? You know, I, I will talk about the Bills at some point, but... I mean, they lost to the Bills and got blown out. They lost to the Eagles last night by two scores. Could have been more, by the way. And Nick Sirianni called off the dogs. They could have easily scored again if they oh, wanted to. at the very to. end, yeah. At the very end, and it would have looked even worse. I mean, there is something about, are you getting fat and high on the hog on bad teams? And yeah. what happens when you actually play good teams with good defenses that are representative of what you might see in the playoffs? And the Dolphins have not been impressive. Yeah, but injuries were key. By the way, a key play was when David Long Jr., who was killing the Eagles, their new linebacker, yeah. ran into his own teammate, and was he was not the same yeah, the rest of the game. They basically ran into each other that like was a— pretty scary. —like Mo Larry and Curly yeah. kind of, and knocked heads. Yeah, and then Waddle went out. The offense changed completely, because you need Waddle and Hill working as a complement. Otherwise, you just put three guys on Tyreek Hill, which is sometimes enough, by the way. The, the, the reason the Eagles didn't have penalties is because they couldn't get close enough to Tyreek Hill to actually pass interfere with him. He just ran right past him. He is amazing. Yeah, I I think I'm a little higher on the Dolphins than you are because they, you know, they're bringing back all these defensive players, so their defense will be much better. And Hill is just a cheat code. No, so he's I, incredible. I think but... And A-Chan will come back. I think the Dolphins are an interesting team. They had 44 yards rushing last night. They've been averaging 144 yards rushing, basically, through their five wins. Um, funny moment with Tyreek Hill. You know how uh, sometimes he's running so fast, his legs are moving so fast, you almost can't understand how they're still attached to his body. Uh, yeah. Like it looks like, uh, like, like, a, it's like a blur. Yeah, like a cartoon. The Tasmanian he, Devil and Bugs Bunny. He catches a ball as he's a, he has the ball as he's about to turn and look to see whether or not he's about to get jacked up by the safety. His knee hits the ball out of his own hands because his legs are going so fast that he caused a fumble on his own because his legs were going too too fast. That was a huge play. It was a huge play. And if he had just been running a little slower, he probably would have had a touchdown, Yeah, ironically. Uh, well, I think the safety was going to jack him up, yeah. too. 
Yeah, he's hard to deal with. I, as a Bills fan, you must look at that guy and be like, oh, man. He, he, I don't know. How's he done in the past? The Chiefs, when he was with the Chiefs, he did well against the Bills, right? Yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> no, no. That was, that was an honest yeah. question. I don't yeah. study Tyreek Hill's game log. Yeah. Do you remember um, famously when he's running for the game-winning score of the 13 seconds games and throws up the deuces behind him? Oh, that was against the Bills. Right. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Open up, opening up old wounds here at 616 in the morning. How about that touchdown last night when the safety was supposed to be the deep help on Tyreek Hill? Uh, the Dolphins really won offensive touchdown. To, they were at the 27-yard line, and the safety was supposed to be the deep help on him, and he tried to be. Tyreek Hill outran him by 15 yards, and he only had 30 yards to work with, and he was so far past him. He is unique. Honestly, you have to stay behind Tyreek Hill. Let him in front of you, right? And it becomes a lot easier when you basically shut down the run game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know that you don't have to worry. You can, you know, the safeties yeah. can do whatever they want to do because they don't have to help out on the run yeah. because your line is so good. Week one, the Chargers win that game if their safeties play deeper, but they're so poorly coached, the Chargers, that they let Tyreek Hill run by them too many times in key moments. Uh, I don't know how we got here. It all comes down to that 13-second game, it feels like. Yeah, the, thank you. It all comes back to the Bills. Huh? I, do, I do love with, when it comes to the tush push, which we know is is this cheat code for the Eagles. Last night, there was like a sneaky moment. You know, Mike Tirico will never be critical, right? I mean, pretty even guy. Like, oh, yeah. He, he's not a hot he's taker. He's the opposite of Gus Johnson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, uh, all right, and here we go for another BS play. The brotherly shove. And I was like, oh, Ooh, Tariko. That's basically Tariko hitting like the nuclear, you know? Yeah. It was, by the way, I'm uh, getting frisky right there. I know. That's him just like, I, I, are, we, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah. Not a fan. Were you guys uh, confused watching Penn State, Ohio State, not knowing what team Gus Johnson was rooting for? Like when he plays Colorado, <laughs> a neutral Gus Johnson was so strange. I, didn't, I, I was like, wait, who's he cheering for? But then it turned out it was all about Marvin Harrison Jr., so he became an Ohio State fan halfway through the game. Sorry, wow. he's the opposite of Tariko. I'm pretty sure he coined Maserati Marv, right? But I was wondering that. I mean, first of all, if someone said Maserati Marv referring to Marvin Harrison Jr., if you did a drinking game for every time he said it, you would be dead by the third <laughs> quarter. Definitely in a coma, <laughs> at the very least. Wait, so, with your friends and family thinking about whether or not to pull the plug. So he said it in like the third play of the game. I assumed it was an existing nickname. Was that a Gus Johnson original? I have no idea. But the way he says it, Maserati, more. It's, yeah. it's, it definitely, it's it, infectious. It took over the game. Uh, infectious is in a way, like, if I ever hear it again, I'm going to have to go to the doctor because my ears are going to bleed. <laughs> no, in the fact that I want to keep saying it. Oh, yeah. I, trust me, America's with me on this one. They, they, do, they were so sick of it. He was getting destroyed all game. It's like, Gus, we get it. It's like a six-yard catch. Listen, he didn't have that many offensive highlights to work with. You <laughs> yeah, got to give true. Gus a little. He needs to be in like a 42-41 game, not the offensive slop that we saw Ohio State-Penn State. As yeah, much as I true. love Marvin Harrison, and I, I actually really like Gus Johnson a lot, I do feel like Maserati Marv is not the greatest nickname for Harrison. I mean, to me, like someone like Tyreek Hill is like a Maserati. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I call Harrison. I mean, he's tall. He's strong. Like, I mean, I'm thinking Maserati, I'm thinking small, fast, and getting in and out of places. Like, that's Ty- not what I think of. I think of Marvin Harrison's game. Tyreek Hill could be a Maserati. Exactly. I totally see what you're saying. Well, I'm wondering if it was tied into, like, an NIL deal. Is there a Maserati dealership in Columbus, Ohio? You better have one now. <laughs> Remember B. John Robinson had, like, a Lamborghini or something when he was at Texas. Yeah. I don't know if this was all just setting up for Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> to get a really fancy car. What was the uh, car that Shador drives? The Maybach. 
He drives a Maybach. I think so. Uh, Some yes. kind of phantom yeah. Rolls Royce. I have no idea. And he, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Shador needs to go to the NFL to get money. He's already driving a Maybach. Listen, I think you might have to return it, though. <laughs> oh, is he leasing? <laughs> <laughs> if it's NIL, I think you're leasing. Anyway, 855-212-4CBS, <laughs> 855-212-4227. Uh, I think the question off of this, are we headed towards a Super Bowl rematch? Does it look like it's Eagles and Chiefs? I still think the 49ers have something to say about this. I still think the AFC North has something to say about this. So I would take the field. Perloff likes where this is going, though, for the Chiefs and the Eagles. Also, cause for concern with the Dolphins. Two losses against good teams, five wins against bad teams. 855-212-4CBS. It's Maggie and Perloff. We say good morning to the widows and coffee drinkers in the chat. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Come on in and watch the show. We're gorgeous. We're back in minutes. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. I have an exciting surprise for all of you later in the show. What's that? You got breakfast? Nope. Nope. We got a gift from our friend Sully, great friend of the show, mailed me something over the weekend that I think everybody here is going to enjoy, and I'm going to unveil it in the 9 o'clock hour. This is a surprise to everybody. Wow. Okay, so Sully lives in Las Vegas, but he's originally from Boston. That might be a hint. It might not. It is a show gift that we're going to hang in the studio, and it's going to be exciting for everyone. If it's it's a Mac Jones jersey, I'm pulling it down. I don't even think. Do they print Mac Jones jerseys? (laughs) Has anyone ever bought a Mac Jones jersey? (laughs) They might after yesterday. But, uh, you know, speaking of Philly, which we're not, uh, it was a a big college football win for Philadelphia this weekend. Uh, Basically, Philadelphia natives Kyle McCord and Marvin Harrison beat Pittsburgh's Penn State Nittany Lions. Yeah, I you love, know. Perloff doesn't want to claim Penn State. He's been saying that Penn State is Philadelphia's college team, which turns out to be not true, according to our boss, who's also from Philadelphia. But now that they lost yeah. to Ohio State, you're like, it's actually more of a Pittsburgh thing. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I was a Penn State fan until they refused to move the ball on Saturday. Oh my now God. I'm all about my guy, Maserati Marv. Meanwhile, you know your computers are listening to you because I have my laptop up in the studio, and I now have an, a targeted ad in a box score for a Maserati. Oh, and no, I'm not no. buying a Maserati did at you, all. Did you Google Marvin Harrison? I did not. Or? I didn't do any of that. Okay. This game was not a blowout. It was 3-3, and Penn State had a fumble six and would have made a 10-3, and they called a ticky-tack hold. If Penn State had been up 10-3, they would not have had to drop back a million times, and I think that game could have gone completely differently. You guys think it was not even close? I I didn't think so. That was a, a big play, of course, but, I mean, Drew Aller is 18 for 42. It's not like they were down by three scores and had to start throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball to get back into the game. But they could have established a run if they had the lead because Ohio State was just as bad on offense for most of the game. Basically, if Marvin Harrison didn't catch the ball, then they got nowhere. They couldn't run the ball. I think Penn State could have at least made it a very different game because they wouldn't have had to drop back Aller all the time because they were trailing. That was a huge play because Ohio State comes down and scores. I think that game could have gone differently because Penn State was not good, but their defense was great. No, the I'm, defense is great, but they were trailing 10-6. to 6. Like, there was there, there was no reason why you felt like you would abandon the run. The reason why they couldn't run the ball is because Ohio State's defense is yeah. amazing. Um, Pete, I think this um, constitutes things that we got wrong. Even we can't be right all the time. Samsonite. I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Time for Maggie and Perloff to own up. I thought the Penn State was going to be 
thought of still in that high tier with Ohio State and Michigan, and this was a chance for them to make a real statement on a big stage. And the offense, which has been maligned and been criticized for how they have a lack of explosive plays, it caught up to them because this game was so frustrating to watch on offense. And it feels like the Penn State coaches are not doing Drew Aller any good. they're doing him a major disservice by how predictable their offense yeah, is. I totally agree with that. It's the play calling is terrible. The line did not the line with their vaunted left tackle did not hold up at all against Ohio State. Ohio State's good. Here's the thing, I disagree with you. The final score was twenty to twelve, and you yeah. know how the college football playoff committee works. That's fine. Like they came out of they were in Columbus. They came out of that game like, okay, if Penn State beats Michigan, it's back on. I mean, that's what a huge What on effort. earth would make you think that Penn because State's going to beat Michigan? Because it's college football, and you never, ever know what's going to happen. That's exactly why, you know, it, the game's in Michigan. Yeah. Of course, Michigan is going to be a heavy favorite. But listen, Penn State, I don't know how Penn State would pull out that win, but they have a lot of athletes on defense. Like, I was watching that defense against Ohio State. That's an elite defense. The offense has not caught up at all. And they meant that Chop Robinson ended up leaving the game, yeah. right? But here's the thing. They're not going to have a prayer against Michigan, unfortunately. And the damage is already done. Whatever pre-scouting Michigan did against Penn State. I mean, I guess you could change all of your signals and change all of your stuff. But they've already got the goods. <laughs> it's too late. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying Penn State can't change their plays against Michigan? I'm sure they could. But I think that who knows how many former military people are on that staff. They could have even the change to the change. Yeah, I I do think, by the way, Michigan, they look unbeatable right now. But Michigan will, will lose a game that they shouldn't. They are famous for that. This, this is a program. They're not Georgia right now. Michigan will be vulnerable. I'm just telling you right now, I don't think Penn State can do it. But I don't think Michigan is beyond disappointing their fans. We know that. No, but I think Penn State has disappointed their fans quite a bit. Um, this is just another loss where James Franklin you know, had a moment to change the narrative. They're 3-16 and 16 against teams that are ranked in the top 10. I don't know. I, I'm starting to wonder if this has a negative impact on recruiting for Penn State moving forward. you got new teams who are going to be coming into the Big Ten. Are you going to be recruiting? And Penn State's always recruited very well. But now you're going to be recruiting against also not just Ohio State and Michigan, but also against Oregon, against Washington, against USC, against UCLA. You have other big-time programs who are going to be in this in the Big Ten. I, uh, if I I'm mean, playing offense, I don't want to go to Penn State now. Maybe so, but Penn State's they're probably going to be 10-2 and two again this year. That's not nothing. you know. And he was recruiting at the highest level possible when they weren't 10-2 and two every year. This is not a bad run for James Franklin. Yes, they're not winning the titles, but... 10 and 2 is nothing to sneeze at. This is Penn State. I mean, they get everybody in there. They had Justin Fields signed up. I mean, Justin Fields out of Georgia. I would not bet against James Franklin on the recruiting trail. The guy's magic. And Oregon, how can Oregon and Penn State, they couldn't be farther apart? Are they going to be looking at the same guys? I don't know. What's more appealing at this point, too? Like, it's you go wherever. Like, I don't think the regional mm. stuff, I don't know if that holds up in this era of NIL. I, I don't know. If you're in Ohio, I think you're much more comfortable going to, to Penn State than Oregon. I know one thing. James Franklin owes that reporter an apology. Yeah. He asked about whether or not you should just throw the ball down the field because that reporter's strategy would have been much better than whatever the hell they drew up against Ohio State. Did Strong. You see, 
No. Yeah, Did, what was making us cringe more, that question or actually having to watch Penn State's offense? Then Aller finally threw a 50-yard 50-50, but he threw one of those passes where he just blindly chucked it up in the air. And it was actually one of the better Penn State plays, even though it didn't work. So, big one that we got wrong. Uh, let's say good morning to Andrew Bogus, who's here with some headlines. Good morning, everybody. Those headlines are sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you could save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. You're making me uncomfortable. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this was a pretty good way to say stop hitting me in the ribs with fastballs. One ball, one strike. The pitch. Adoli swings and hits a high drive to deep left field. That ball is way back, and that ball is history. Wow. wow. Adolis Garcia wow. clears him off with a grand slam. After four consecutive strikeouts, as Adolis has broken this ball game wide open, it's 9-2. to two. That's Eric Nadell on Rangers Radio Garcia topping off a 9-2 win in Game 6 in Houston after being at the center of that near brawl on Friday. So we get a Game 7 tonight in Houston and Texas. Second baseman Marcus Simeon is super pumped. We had our backs against the wall tonight. Um, we should keep the same mentality. It'll be Christian Javier and Max Scherzer on the mound this evening. Javier throws the first pitch shortly after 7 Central. Ha, 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 ha. Thank you. Ha, ha. I can't, not ha, ha, like, yeah, a little ha, ha. What do you think's going to happen to Max Scherzer tonight? What do you really think's going to happen? Oh. It's been the exact same thing that he's been doing in the postseason. He's just not the same guy. I, I Starting him into Game 7, I don't understand why... Texas would do this, but they're going to have the bullpen ready to go. Also, can we just go quickly go around the room, not to go back to old stuff, but Friday night. Do you really think that Brian Abreu was really trying to hit him on purpose with two on in a game? What was it? Game five? It was game five. They were down two, and he put the second man on base with nobody out by hitting him. It, it's all, If he did it on purpose, it's almost He's ground to be released yes. immediately yeah. be for the, being that dumb. He'd be the dumbest professional baseball yes. player of all time if he was doing to try to settle a score from what? Because he pimped a home run against Verlander or something that happened in July? And Major League Baseball thought he did. He got suspended for two games. That's it. He's gone for the season, for yeah. the rest of the series, rather. Garcia yeah. got nothing. Right, nothing. For, yeah. for, for being a dope after the fact. Uh-huh. This is what he should have done. Walk to first base, stomping his feet, and then hit a home run next time up, which we did last night. I it, it was a mess, a mess. I don't umpires are the worst. And Garcia, he, I mean, imagine in that game if they would have thrown him out, or they because they did throw him out. In that they game. did throw yeah, him yeah, out. Yeah, they threw him out in that game. They just like, didn't suspend him. Yeah, what if that game goes in extra innings? I mean, uh, two way made sure that didn't have to happen. Yeah. But that game goes in extra innings, and now you don't have your biggest bat in the lineup. I mean, and they lose that game because maybe he's not in. That would have been just. One of the worst ejections well, and his maybe spot, in the history of Major League Baseball. He would have been on deck in the ninth inning for the last out. The guy before him made the last out with men on base. The same argument of why Abreu shouldn't have or couldn't have been throwing at him should have been applied to Garcia telling him to not react like that. I know it sucks. I know you're angry, but you have to just go to first base in that spot. You can't go face-to-face with the catcher and get thrown out of game five of the, of the ALCS. This is so much worse for the Astros. It's so much worse to lose Abreu for the rest of the series. Like, please, umpires, don't turn me into an Astros fan. <laughs> like, this year, making them sympathetic. How could that possibly be? I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, it's okay. Away from the playoffs, the Padres are letting the Giants interview Bob Melvin for their manager's job. So the assumption is Melvin will go to San Francisco. Former Cardinal skipper, current Padre coach Mike Schilt 
among the favorites to get that San Diego job once it is open. Uh, Here's one of the reasons the Broncos are so bad. They had lost 10 in a row when leading at halftime, but not yesterday against the Packers. They did go from a 16-3 lead to a 17-16 hole, but then Will Lutz hit a 52-yard field goal, then P.J. Locke picked off Jordan Love, and then they won 19-16. Sean Payton was asked, about breaking that odd losing streak postgame. It wasn't our hump. I'm, I'm saying that respectfully. I, it wasn't our hump. It wasn't our <laughs> hump, as in huh? I was only here for a couple of the second half collapses, not all 10, not so don't point. ask me about it. That's So that's what the hump means here? Yeah. They have to get over? Yeah. Huh. It odd use of hump. the word hump. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> and he had referenced when I was in San, when I was in New Orleans, they hadn't won a road playoff game in however many years. And we kept getting asked about it, and that wasn't us. He's been in three of these already. I mean, yeah. it's a question to ask of him yesterday for sure. But he's not a great in-game coach. When he throws a challenge, was he? Is he always been bad at challenge flags? I what just coach is good at them? I have good point. Lafleur, do you guys blame Lafleur for the Jordan Love interception? What was that play call? Why would they take a deep shot there when they're going down for the winning field goal? Well, that was, was open underneath. Play. Somebody was wide open, no, underneath. but it was a running back. Like they, it was AJ Dillon. You might not throw to him. But it was certainly weird. I'm not sure LaFleur has a good either. I mean, the, people love to tout LaFleur's winning percentage. You know, it's like, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers was there. It's going to yep. be a little bit different with Jordan Love, who, by the way, does not look mm. like they're going to just be passing the baton from one Hall of Famer to the next. Not to bury the kid a little early, but it doesn't look the same. He's good in the second half of games. He's really quarter, bad in the yeah. first first half. But even when they were 2-0, right, there were a lot of cut-ups of like, look how amazing this offense is. They're doing this. They're doing mm. that. All this design. And now they've been garbage for a month. Also, that other touchdown. I mean, you're wasting all the luck you're going to have yeah. in one oh, career yeah. <laughs> in one game, basically, where the ball ricochets in the end zone. When does anything ever good happen yeah. of that? And another Green Bay offensive player just catches it. it. That was a fascinating. It was two bad teams. There's yes. no doubt about that. But you kind of had to watch that game for some reason. Not much on the red zone, though. The red zone barely went to that game. I think probably because there was nothing to show from it. Field goals. <laughs> but there are a lot. Every other game was rapid fire. But you got to wait and like hope for a Packer Bronco cutaway. <laughs> uh, the Seahawks survived two second half turnovers from Geno Smith to beat the, the Cardinals yesterday, twenty ten. And the Giants began a win streak, taking a fourteen seven thriller from Commanders. High Rod Taylor touchdown passes to Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley, who says he spoke last week with GM Joe Shane, who told him. They were not planning to trade Barkley before next Tuesday's deadline. That's a big loss for the commanders. I think if you're a Washington fan, you are ecstatic this morning. Move up those draft ranks. Giants blowing their chance to get in the top 10. Huge W for Washington fans because neither of those teams are doing anything except drafting a quarterback. Because Sam Howell's going to die at some point this year. He's going to get sacked. He's on pace to be sacked like 90 Mm, times. Yeah, he's got to understand to let go of the ball. He is running around a lot. Or maybe they should be running the same offense they used to run for Patrick Mahomes for Sam Howell. It's like not the same guy. Yeah, and by the way, the Giants, I saw Peter Schrager tweeted, our buddy at NFL Network, that they're a game and a half out of the wild card. Oh, my God. (laughs) Do not give hope to that fan base. That was... That was a JV football game yesterday. Wait, if they're only a game and a half out at two and five, what four win team is in a wild card spot right now? I have no idea. Oh. Show me the math. <laughs> Yuck. Wait, did you do you have the Jonathan Allen EJ? Would you say in your history of editing tape, was this one of the most difficult sound bites to censor? 
Yeah, this was like doing like open heart surgery <laughs> when it comes to cutting tape. This was how all, confident all my you grad, feel. My that... grad school uh, d- degree <laughs> went to my video, audio editing skills to make sure we can actually air Jonathan Allen and what he said yesterday after the game. How confident are you that you got every bleep? Uh, uh, 50-50, maybe? <laughs> all those dice. <laughs> great. All right, well, I mean, listen, Bogus, I hate to ask for a soundbite while you're here with no, your No, I leave it for you guys. Jonathan Allen, this is Washington Commanders unloading on a sick of losing like this. Hey, we're plain and simple. Gotta be better. Anything they did that surprised you guys early on? No, I want to say so. I think it's just a lack of focus on our part, a lack of attention to detail, not starting fast, and creating holes that are too big for us to overcome in the second half. Does it get frustrating? Yes, it does. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. It's been years of the same. Tired of this. What can you do now going forward to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play Philadelphia. <laughs> that was a slow burn. I was like, hmm, when's Oof. it coming? When's it coming? Like, oh, there it is. <laughs> and that's like Quentin Tarantino took over our, that <laughs> interview. <laughs> that's like the DC NBC sports affiliate, and they posted it unedited. What? I hit play on that on Twitter yesterday thinking they were going to bleep it so I could play it this morning, and every single one of those things was clear as day and no. Hey, this has curses in yeah, it. Right. No, what is it, NSFW thing? It was just like, <laughs> here's him freaking out, and here's eight curses rapid fire from their yeah. official account. Well, listen, uh, Jonathan Allen has a reason to be upset. He looked uh, pretty intense after the game. I'm like, man, if I was, rep- you know, if you've been in those scrums before, yeah. I would have slowly walked away. Guys I felt like he was, about, he was about to slug somebody. <laughs> Uh, Real quick, Texas QB Quinn Ewers reportedly has a grade two shoulder sprain. It's not a season ender, but there's no timeline yet for his return. Malik Murphy finished Saturday's win at Houston. The Boston Bruins are 5-0 after a 3-1 win in Anaheim. Max Verstappen won the F1 race in Austin, Texas yesterday. That's 15 wins this year, 50 for his career. He has four races left to break the single-season wins record that he set a year ago. And last and least, the Eagles won their football game last night, 31-17. And tonight, the Phillies can win their second consecutive pennant in Game 6 with the D-backs. Guys, back to you. Bogus, thank you. Everything coming up Philly right now. Coming up, the big question facing one Super Bowl contender and who got themselves back in the MVP race. We'll get to all that in a moment. Don't move. Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. New morning show here on CBS Sports Radio. So I know this is my fault. It's my fault. I have a four-year-old, and I left my phone sort of like on our bed in our bedroom, and it had an NFL game kind of on the top part of the phone. And on the bottom, it had like Twitter that was just like updating, right? Like scrolling, like tweets coming in. So the phone was kind of like a split screen between the game and then just Twitter kind of happening in the background. And I wasn't paying attention for a minute. And my kid went over to the phone and it just so happened to be the moment they posted a rapper named Blueface at the Rams game yesterday with four strippers in a box that was right next to the field throwing dollar bills on their butts where they're just like shaking their Tush. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's early in the morning. So just shake, just like 
what you would see in a strip club, but not in a strip club right there. And it's my fault. My kid definitely clicked on it. And when he gets older and becomes a pimp, I'm only going to have myself to blame. Yeah, if you think the NFL wanted to ban the Eagles tush push, they definitely want (laughs) to ban this form of tush 50 yard. It was like 50 feet from the field. It was an amazing uh, achievement by Blueface, who also uh, proposed to his girlfriend in the same game. Did you guys see that? I didn't see that. <laughs> was she on one Instagram. of the ladies? And she said yes. I don't know if she was one of the strippers. Oh, my gosh. But this was uh, this is so funny to Honestly, see the button-up NFL have to deal with that. I just love There's a league meeting today where someone is saying, what, <laughs> what are we going to do about these strippers? I swear the Rams' offensive line was not working as hard as these women. Yeah. They were on their P's and Q's. They were good. They were good. Uh, it's still. Pros. Still, I would take four strippers. Well, I mean, maybe this is a, a surprise. <laughs> over stupid Taylor Swift dancing with Brittany Mahomes. That was so <laughs> lame. I told you Taylor Swift couldn't dance. My daughter said Taylor Swift dances and dresses like she's fifty. Yeah, and I we saw it on display last night. My daughter's thirteen and thinks Taylor Swift is uncool, and I've she's kind of convinced me now. Although my eleven year old saw Eras this weekend and loved it. Okay. So, so yeah, I know there's a lot split. of. There's a lot of opinions out there, but I don't think Taylor Swift's doing herself any favors at these games because we're really getting to know her here. I think she should pull it back a little bit. Well, we're definitely not getting to know her. Um, It's definitely all being done for the cameras. This seems like one massive publicity stunt. It still does. Um, But her, she and, and Brittany Mahomes doing a choreographed dance I was just embarrassed for everybody. I yeah. was embarrassed for them. I was embarrassed for myself for having to watch this. I was like immediately taken into a vortex where I was back in high school and I didn't like this then. And I'm definitely not a fan of it now. I just thought it was, it was, it looked very lame. Yeah. I think that's overexposing. Like we're getting to see a side of Taylor Swift that we didn't know before. I think if you're a star at that level, you got to keep some mystery. And now that she's showing up every Sunday in front of 30 million viewers (laughs) and actually a few extra million just to watch her, like all of a sudden my wife's like wants to watch the game. She's like, I want to see what Taylor Swift's going to do. I don't know. I think she should start to go in a private suite because this is not helping her. Man, and here's the thing. I don't, none of us know Brittany Mahomes, but if you watched Quarterback, the Netflix documentary, um, (laughs) that didn't do her any favors either. Like, I'm sure she's fine. And obviously Mahomes, it's their relationship. Who cares? But what you see in the Netflix documentary is her in the, in the suites, just shrieking, like screaming when things are going well. And like pouting when things are going wrong and just like basically just being very childlike watching the Chiefs games. And maybe yeah. she's just a fan. That's fine. Some of it, we all get, a, you know, riled up. I mean, you know who Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes are? They are the high school girlfriends of the jocks on the yeah. team. And <laughs> yes. they're wearing their jerseys of their boyfriends. And they're letting everybody know that they're the significant others yeah, and right. that they're the stars. And it's like... This was, I have had no issue with Taylor Swift at all during this whole Chiefs-Travis Holmes saga. This was a tipping point. That dance, yeah. them doing that thing, <laughs> yes. I was like, you know point. what, well I'm said. out. We were all like, a, like rather offended by it. Just not oh. because it was offensive, just because it was so lame. Like we'd rather have the strippers at the Rams game <laughs> than watch these two girls you know, do a four-second dance together. That's right. I will tell you, though. <laughs> yeah. Pete, we got you there. I think we had an argument about this last night. Travis Kelsey is playing better because Taylor Swift. He wants to impress her. This is, that's that's crazy. Travis <laughs> Kelsey. He's, he's arguably but the he's, greatest tight end of all time. He doesn't he's need never Taylor had, Swift He's there. never in his life had two halves like he's had in the last two games. Like He broke every record there ever was for tight ends the first half. First Here's, of all, the Chargers suck. 
and they should, the defense mm. should maybe try the, doubling him a little bit. The last game, too. I don't, yeah, where was the defense on him? So he's averaging 108 yards per game when Taylor is there and 46 yards when she's not there. That's analytics, people. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you the telling Taylor me that's also uh, Chicago Bears? Yeah. <laughs> that's too. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's showing up to the game. Well, how about when he raised, raised the football over his head at the goal line and got pushed in? I mean, that guy is on fire with her. I think that she is helping the team. Anyway, that play where Mahomes kind of shovels the pass into traffic, that is the worst play in the world for every other team in the NFL. For Mahomes and Kelsey, it's like, of course it's going to score. Magical. (laughs) Coming up, uh, we didn't get to the guy who got himself back in the MVP race yesterday, and boy, was it a dominant performance. We'll get to that in a moment. Don't move. Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio.